We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, this is a momentous day for two reasons. We'll get to the secondary reason a little bit later. But we are joined by a special guest. Uh, You know him. You love him. You listen to him. Maybe you argue with him on Twitter. He's... uh, the Michael Jordan of the Eurostep Podcast Network, one of the co-hosts of the Eurostep Podcast, joining on us. every episode. You know that? What was that? You know, you're talking about Michael Jordan's the GSPN. I'm on every episode with you. You know that? That's fair, Adam. The Scotty Pippen of the Eurostep <laughs> Podcast Network, someone I referred to uh, on the last playback as my boss, joining us live from probably Wisconsin. Ty Windish, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the promotion and then demotion all in the all in the same intro. I was honored to be MJ. I thought it was a little much. Pippin, I don't know if that's aged real well. Contemporary Pippin is is not endearing himself to anyone, but you know, I'll take it. I'm excited to uh, you know, break in the leather, talk some brewers with you guys. I've I've been waiting, I've been eager to do this. Obviously, didn't want the Bucks season to end early, but because it did, 
I am now have a lot more time to dive into the Milwaukee Brewers, and it's been a fun ride. And yeah, me and Adam have been glad to see it. The Thai baseball thoughts popping up in the Discord on Twitter. Not something that, you know, we really expected, but we're glad to have it. Um, you know, as as Adam knows, I can be bullied mid-podcast, so that's why I shifted uh, him to Jordan. Uh, I don't want to be Jordan either, to be clear. Are any of us to Jordan or any of us to Pippen? I think there's a lot of, like, Horace Grants. Let's... Listen, I might bump it back to Ty later in the pod. Like I said, I can be manipulated. <laughs> uh, we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. 10, 20 years down the road when the the documentaries and the think pieces about the breakup of the Eurostep Podcast Network come out, and then we'll just have to see where everything lands. Ty, I'll just start, and then we'll get in, into the recent events because if, if you know, if you're listening, the Milwaukee Brewers won a series against the Atlanta Braves in dramatic fashion, taking two out of three at home against uh, my new arch nemesis. So that was nice to see. I needed it. I finally... I finally slept a full night of sleep last night. I'd been, you know, just pacing my bedroom, thinking about series losses to the Braves for the last uh, week or so. So now I can sleep. But Ty, uh, take us back uh, through the course of your sports fan life. Obviously, you're a Bucks fan. You've been covering the Bucks for a while. What? Where did the Brewers really fit in for you? Yeah, it's interesting because I actually was much more of a Brewers fan when I was younger than a Bucks fan. I didn't get into the Bucks really until college, um, and then then I dove in all the way and you know uh, saw a post on Reddit from some some weird guy who was recruiting people to write for his site, which turned out to be Adam. But when I was younger, I was watching like every Brewers game every season. And then I fell off a lot in college and just didn't have the time anymore. But I think uh, kind of regret not sticking with the team more. Not like I didn't root for them or anything. I, I watched playoffs mostly these last few years. But uh, I wish I had kept up with it a little bit more because it is, I, you kind of forget how much fun it is. But when I was younger, I mean, I was watching, you know, JJ Hardy, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder. Um, Ricky Weeks, you know, the whole crew when I was really young, Ben Sheets, and then a little older, Narvison and and all those guys, Giovanni Gallardo a lot. Um, so I really grew up with the Brewers. I remember, you know, 08 and 11 were such, such fun times being a fan. And then now you almost take for granted. I mean, I, I think we all have issues with council that, that we'll get into. I think, you know, in general, we're not always thrilled with everything, but it is now, what, four straight playoff years, hopefully going for five this year. It, it is unprecedented success for the Brewers, so it is a pretty fun time to dive back in their longest sustained winning, really, in, in franchise history. Yeah, and as you were going through that, that made me think of things like, uh, you know, dudes will just sit around and name random athletes uh, instead of going to therapy, and that's what we're doing here. Uh, like you said, J.J. Hardy. Uh, Jeff Cirillo. I just wanted to add mm. add one of the mix there just yeah. to, to name a random brewer. Yeah, that's great. Glad that we can uh, help you tap back into some Brewers fandom that it sounds like was very formative in making you a sports fan in general. And then Adam changed your life via behind the back Buck Pass and made you the the uh, the voice of Bucks Nation along with Rohan Gotti. Jordan Tresky and Adam McGee. It's what did I unleash on the world? I mean, this is the question. I can't help of, be held responsible for this. 
one of many voices, not not far from a singular voice, as a lot of people online will tell you. Um, moving on to current events, obviously you you watched some Brewers baseball this uh, this week, uh, including with us on a playback for Game One of this series on Monday night, Milwaukee Brewers versus the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Peralta facing off against Ian Anderson, and the Brewers just know how to. The, the way they've hooked me in very quickly in, in this, you know, experiment that I didn't know how it was going to go. How do I become invested in a team from afar? Well, the way that happens is that team plays lots of stressful baseball games and wins in exciting fashion. And, and game one was that to a T. Uh, not a lot of runs, which is something we see, <laughs> we see in Brewers games from time to time. That was the nature of this series until game three, really. Game one. Not a lot to talk about blow by blow because it was a one nothing Brewers win, and the way that run came was pretty strange. Freddie Peralta goes seven innings, two hits allowed, no runs, 10 strikeouts, one walk. Adam, you made the comment on the playback that this is probably the most dominant performance we've seen from a Brewers starting pitcher this year. And, you know, there, there have been some games with higher strikeout totals, but just the totality of not allowing base runners and really – locking in to to keep them in a game where the bats just weren't uh weren't getting it done really i think did make this the most dominant starting pitching performance we've seen this season for sure i mean only two hits allowed one walk even some of the aces who've had really great games for the brewers so far this year walks have at times been a problem um and there are other starting pitchers battling through that i think Hauser in particular walks have been something we've seen quite a bit of recently. He was very walk happy in the first inning of the next game, as we'll get to. So it was just good to see Freddie have the kind of command he had to really look. I mean, Freddie rarely doesn't look confidence confident and really into a game, but he was just completely dialed in. He had absolute control over what he was doing. Some really nasty pitches thrown into the mix, but just made it as stress free as you could possibly make a one nothing win, which is, you know, it's not, it, it can't be completely stress-free, but considering the margin was so fine, he did an unbelievable job going seven innings and just making it as easy as it was for him. Do you guys see his shirt in the video that the Brewers tweeted uh, where he's in uh, pick and save, like bagging groceries with people? No, I didn't see that. It's a big SpongeBob smiling face it says you make me smile and i just love that he'll wear this shirt on kindness and milwaukee day and bag some folks groceries and then go with a sub 0.5 whip game against the braves where he really was you talk about dominant and the cool thing about this game was it was a fully dominant pitching staff performance williams and Hayter both fanned three in a row no base runners like allowing three base runners across nine games i mean you're not, obviously not unprecedented right teams have no hitters was it the reds who just had a no hitter and lost anyway or the pirates or one of those terrible reds against the pirates yeah that, that, there it is I, I knew there were nl central teams involved in that but still it, it's if not unprecedented it is certainly dominant to only allow three base runners across nine innings and considering the brewers you know only one because of a a run that wasn't exactly the most inspiring offensive performance of a run scored. Uh, it was a, a timely performance by the pitching staff too. 
Yeah, that one run scored uh, Hunter Renfro on an Ian Anderson wild pitch in the sixth inning, and that would be all of the scoring. But like you said, when you've got guys like Devin Williams and Josh Hader to clean up the final two innings after uh, Freddie Peralta goes seven, I mean, as we've said plenty of times, good luck to to the hitters in that situation. And it, it, it is funny that Freddie wore that shirt because, you, you know, he – he really made us smile. And so it's almost like he was projecting that back onto the world. You make me smile. Well, you know what, Freddie, you make us smile. So thank you for that. Um, any more thoughts on game one, Adam or Ty? It was, pretty, it was pretty, pretty simple. The only other thing I'll say is Adam and I now have someone that will haunt our dreams, uh, from time to time, and that person is Spencer Strider, who started off that in the last series for Atlanta. But that dude is just terrifying, and I never want to see him again. They they need to make him like their fifth starter. Uh, we we saw him go five innings, and he came in the second the previous time around. Um, yeah, he Chavez came in, got uh, the start, and I, I think he went five, if not even six innings, and just absolutely no big deal. One hundred, like painted on the corners every single time. Then we're getting more of a look at him. We got two innings in game one, single inning in game three. And it, you can put him in any role, essentially. And the guy looks exactly the same. And he's just taking care of business. He really, really seems like he's just a monster. If, and if the people who made a Terminator made a relief pitcher, I feel like they would call it Strider. I'm just going to include that. It sounds like based on what I've read on Braves Twitter is that the injuries to Luke Jackson, who got hurt earlier in the year. I don't, I don't even know if he pitched this year, but he's out for the year. And Tyler Matzik, that Brian Snicker is trying to pigeonhole him into being just the seventh inning guy, as we saw in game three. If they're limiting his innings and being like, all right, you're going to be just a relief arm. It, it just shows you, like, if that's what happens, like, we don't know. It just shows you just – that managers just generally across the board in baseball just don't get it. They don't understand how to set up their teams uh, for winning baseball games. As as Dodgers fans will tell you, the highest payroll in baseball, the best players in baseball, uh, managed by Dave Roberts. Moving on to game two, which was much more depressing. Uh, the Brewers would get shut out three to nothing. Adrian Hauser took on Tucker Davidson. And I saw a lot of tweets from uh, – Brewers fans, when Tucker Davidson was called up to to start this game, I think he had a 16 ERA on the season going into this. And I saw some tweets that were like, oh, no, uh, no name, uh, like rookie young starting pitcher who's been struggling. We're doomed. And <laughs> that ended up being the case as Tucker Davidson went five innings pitch, allowed three hits and three walks. So the Brewers had guys on base but they didn't cash in 0 for five runners in scoring position in left on base. It, it was not a great night uh, to be a Brewers fan as the Braves carried that over to a three, nothing when Adrian Hauser wasn't horrible, wasn't his sharpest, but really, I mean, it, it's not his fault. They lost because the defense behind him also let him down a little bit, six innings pitch, four hits, one run. It was unearned two walks, six K. So really, uh, despite allowing base runners, Hauser for the most part got himself out of trouble, but it, the offense just didn't have it, uh, and kind of was what it was. Uh, five hits on the game, uh, 
and just couldn't get a run across. I mean, something that we see from time to time with this team. I think one thing at that point, and Hauser was like pretty unimpressive, but yet the thing you've got to give him the credit for is he just, he fought through it and he successfully fought through it throughout. Like the fact that there's zero unearned runs there speaks for itself. Again, errors, which have been an issue, but you only have to look at the lineups across these games and there's just some some weird stuff happening, some weird combinations that you ideally do not want if you're the Brewers. But things are not ideal. Andrew McCutcheon is still being out. I would guess we'll see him game one against the Nationals return. Uh, Willie Adama is now on IL, and that's a big deal. I think we're seeing the reason why Willie was starting like every single game for the first 25 games. They weren't even picking a spot for rest for him. Because if he's not a shortstop and then you're you're moving Arias over to, to shortstop and you, things get very scary. Like we know this, it doesn't take much for first and third base to become real problem positions for the Brewers. Jace Peterson's play recently and his versatility has been something that had left me feeling more confident in that. And yes, across games two and three, we did not see Jace Peterson get starts. Mike Brasso was the guy who got the call on both occasions. Brasso, Brasso should not be playing third base. If a ball comes his way at third, it's it's a problem. And we've seen it now multiple times on a pretty short sample. I have very, very little confidence in him, so I am surprised that Craig Council continues to have because Jace Peterson's kind of had it going all around recently, and that would seem like a much more logical decision um on that front but I, I think it's it's something which i guess also spans into some of the conversation we'll have on game three but it is worth talking about here as it's factored into the few series on the road trip as well brewers are not getting to put their best foot forward lineup wise at the moment and there are certainly gaps just beyond that that make things pretty uncomfortable and make it a lot more difficult to win in the way that the brewers are tooled to win which is to win by pitching to not have to worry about giving up too many runs when it's your errors that are coughing up runs that's not really a position that they're they're best equipped to pull out victories from yeah i thought it was tough you know hauser certainly not a, a fantastic game but he's either your fourth or fifth starter right and i think generally even if it's an earned run if you're getting six innings and one run even with the base runners from a guy at that spot in your rotation which is pretty far down there that's fine. That's the kind of game we're like, sure. I mean, yeah, that's we, we, we have a chance to win. It's not bad at all. I mean, Boxberger complicates things by giving up a couple runs in, in the eighth, which really felt like, well, actually, the Brewers did have a chance after that, too. But, um, you know, it, it's just like it, it's tough to, to lose a game where, you know, not one of your three quote unquote aces would have not exactly been that this season, but not one of your top three pitchers in, in the rotation does a, a strong enough performance. But yeah, I think certainly without uh, without Adamus and you know Yelly after we we had the great think pieces about oh the velocity and everything else and maybe the velocity is still there, um, but the last week or so the hits and runs etc have not really been there for Yelly, which is is tough as well for this Brewers team. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> if you're a a major league baseball team, a first place team, a team that's looking to be a World Series contender uh, and you're going up against a pitcher that it's not necessarily the best in the world, Tucker Davidson, you should be able to score more than three runs in a baseball game. So it, the errors are 
bad getting yourself in a hole are bad but worse is having these games where you're just not not scoring runs and you know maybe part of it is the dead ball it it was it seemed very strange in this game that now i'm not throwing out any conspiracy theories but the the brewers had so many like fly outs to the warning track in this game and then marcelo zuna comes in in the eighth inning and absolutely crushes the ball 421 feet i'm just asking questions don't know why it happened is there uh some inconsistency from the baseball's inning to inning, game to game. I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Someone do the investigative piece on this. But yeah, at the end I, of the I think, day, sorry, the- Andrew, the one other thing though on that is like the, the impressive thing for Hauser and the thing that I guess in spite of the pitching matchup, I think may have led to some pessimism going into that game without Willie Adamas and with the, the changes that makes to your defense. Hauser is he's a ground ball pitcher and you're looking for double plays. So his pitching style is actually forcing you to rely on your infield defense, making plays to get you outs. And then we see an example of that where it's, if you're going to go to that over and over again, then you're asking Mike Brasso to do stuff that is stretching him beyond where his abilities really lie. And that's why when I was like digging into the numbers, going into the Sunday or game three, uh, we were talking, we were like, why is Mike Brasso in a, again for Jace Peterson? And I think both of us were like, uh, I like it's defensible from an offensive standpoint, but the way like the team's playing right now really want to have the sure hand defense. That's what I was feeling about Jace um, in that moment. And then I think the way it played out in game three and just the nature of the matchup, Burns versus Freed throwing to Jace as a lefty and Brasso as a righty, rather than this situation with Tucker Davidson, who's like, not someone you need to be necessarily scared of and playing the splits. And with that combination of having Hauser on the mound, I think it makes a lot more sense in that game and is to have the sure pair of hands at third base and Jace Peterson than it did uh, with Burns, who in theory is more of a strikeout pitcher uh, and against Freed, who's someone that has a devastating curve ball to left-handed batters. And you kind of neutralize that by having um, the righty at the plate. So it's, it's kind of a situation where, as a baseball manager, you need to manage based on data and then gut and feel and trends and things like that. And it just seems like it would made it would have made a lot more sense to have as best you can in the situation with the guys that are out, have your sure-handed defense with Adrian Hauser on the mound. That is a great point, Adam, because what is Hauser looking to do? He's looking to get you to put weak contact into play and make outs that way. And if you can't rely on that, like what do you have we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Moving on to game three. Uh, guys, after this game, I needed to, like, re-up my... You needed to drink a lot of a lot of beers and watch the Canes win a playoff game. That's what happened after this game for you. That's that's what I had to do after this game. Um, so that didn't help the the heartburn as I described it to Adam uh, the other day. But uh, <laughs> game three was a wild one, like we said. Corbin Burns versus Max Freed, and I'm just going to uh, no, I won't skip to the end of the book. But this started off on a rocky foot because Corbin Burns just didn't have it, and that'll happen from time to time. Six innings, seven hits, four runs, all of them earned only five strikeouts. Gave up a pair of home runs. Home runs have been a, a bit of an issue for him. So the Brewers find themselves behind 4 nothing, And in DMs to Adam, who was trying to have a peaceful day at the cinema, in the Discord, I'm just like doom and gloom. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm being trolled by the universe. The Brewers only lose series to the Atlanta Braves and the worst team in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds. You know, my heart hurts. And then, like, things change. This team showed that they have, they can be mentality monsters, Adam. They can uh, pull pull games from the fires and and come back and win. Uh, Ty, I'll I'll go to you first since you were following along live as well. Potentially sitting in your driveway listening to Bob Euchre. I don't know. Uh, how was your feeling when uh, Burns didn't have it and they got behind four nothing? Yeah, it seemed really dire, right? Especially because Freed on the other side was absolutely dealing early in this game, and it's just like, oh man, I mean. Even if you can hold the Braves scoreless the rest of the way, which the Brewers did until extra innings, which we'll get to extra innings, it's like, are we really going to be able to conjure up four plus four at least runs without without Adamas in there uh, against a guy who's dealing? And the very next inning, they take two off of him and eventually uh, uh, another one, two in the sixth before they chase Freed. But it's just, it, it did not feel great, you know, to have Burns out there and Burns be the guy who gives up four runs. It's like, oh, God, like, we, we need Burns to give up zero runs. That's the path to winning right now for the Brewers. But I, this is just, like, such an awesome, it was an awesome mentality, just like, you know, we're, we're still in it, just keep going game. I mean, the ups and downs from basically... I mean, they were one pitch away. I think, was it full count? I know it was two strikes, two outs to Colton Wong in the bottom of the ninth. And then basically not one out, but one half inning away from losing three straight innings. And they win after earlier being, you know, down 4-0 with, with that, you know, a guy absolutely dealing on the other end. It, it was not not a game full of heroes you would probably expect. Certainly not by the very end. But I think that that makes it one of the more fun options for baseball games, right? Where it's just like guys who are 0 for 4 coming through with a triple, that kind of thing. It was it was a roller coaster. And 
I didn't get as much work done as I should have yesterday because I was like, oh, I'll throw the game on. I, I, I can get I can get Euchre on my computer now, Andrew, so I don't have to go to the car. I'm like, oh, I'll just have it on in the background. And of course, by eighth, ninth inning, I'm just glued in. I'm like, well, be over one way or another soon. And then it went on for 40 more minutes, but can't complain with with the win and the rally cap going one and oh so far this year. Now I put a nail in my wall here between the Brewers thing and the Kendrick Lamar thing. So I'll have it ready to go for future games when I'm at my desk. You want to give me the the story of the rally cap? Because I cut part of this. Did you just put a cap on? It's not. Like, it's more. It's bigger than that. It's, it's you you got to turn cap. it inside out. It doesn't I, matter what cap. I saw that, but uh, so why? <laughs> it's just a baseball thing. I don't know. Oh, okay. Is it really? Yeah. It's a. It's a yeah. rally caps. If you if they show if you're able to watch like they probably would have showed it um, on the last game, but people in the crowd do it all over. It's like whatever it is, you turn your cap inside out when it's rally time. Do we know so, the the origins of this? This is this I've seems like the, a grade A weird baseball thing that I didn't I've got, know. I, I've got the Wikipedia. You up. know, baseball is super weird, and I don't know. I'll let you go, Andrew. But it's one of those things that Andrew and I have known for twenty years or whatever. Never questioned once. It's like, yeah, of course you turn your cap inside out when you're down late. It's it's a rally cap. Why would you not? Yes, Detroit Tigers fans of the 1940s recall certain players wearing their caps inside out or in other fanciful ways but it was not particularly linked to the current usage the rally cap as a good luck talisman is said to have made its first appearance in the major leagues during the 1977 and 1978 texas rangers series when the team finished second in their division with the rally cap being employed in several of their come from behind victories so it sounds like the notion that this hat could be worn this way dates back to the 40s it as good luck the 1977 texas rangers so there you have it I like that the Tigers of the '40s were just in a silly, goofy mood. Yeah, they were just—they <laughs> were just big time there for the vibe. You're like, watching a bunch of guys with names like Hobie Milner, and they just come out with their caps on inside out for no reason. That's great. Do you know, Ty? Because I know you're a big fan of like the Brewers having a player whose name is Hobie Milner. Do you know that he is not the only Hobie in the Brewers organization right now? Not shocked at all, but I did not know that. Is the other one also a pitcher? And is a there's a there's a pitcher in Nashville. I'm trying to think of the name now. Do you have it off the top of your head, Andrew? No, I'll, I'll get it. But there is there is another big Hobie style. <laughs> it's just it seems to be what they're after. Like they're looking for prospects, and they're like, oh, we found another Hobie. There's definitely <laughs> I haven't. I'm trying to find the name here. I'll I'll get it. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hobie Harris. Hobie Harris. There oh, that's goes. even better. Uh, it, it doesn't sound as old, but it's a better name, I think. This is an IE Hobie. I believe our Hobie. That's correct. Oh, he's Y. He's Y, yeah. So the rally cap is is 1-0. Uh, I know rationally that you're not in your driveway listening to Bob Euchre, but that's the way I like to picture it, just from like a, a, pure, a purely cinematic perspective. What I do is I imagine you on your lunch break. Like having a grub up. It's like Sam Elliott and the Star is born. If Keston didn't hit a walk off homer, is that would that be Ty backing out of the driveway and floods of tears? Uh, no, I imagine that <laughs> in this scenario, he got a Grubhub delivery driver, no free ads, to bring him uh, a meatball parm. And he ate half of it. He was like, I'll save the other half for tomorrow. And then uh, if Keston didn't hit the homer, he has to sad eat the rest of the meatball parm. 
I'm projecting a a little bit of myself onto (laughs) you in this scenario because that's what I would do, but that's just what I'm imagining for the. No, that's that's. I was gonna say your your interpretation of my meatball parm habits are are pretty are pretty generous, but then you 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 corrected by the end. No, I I would have been pretty bummed out just because you come. If they lost in the ninth, I honestly would have been just because. I mean, it's it's whatever. Um, But after that, I, I just thought it was. I was so invested at that point. I was like, the rally cap worked, and then immediately the the Braves score in the top of the tenth. I mean, the the ghost runner thing is, yeah, I see why ball. they do it, but it's just like it's constant runs. It's it's just right away. Well, maybe a single basically does it, and that's what happened for just about all of them. I think the Braves both they scored from second on singles. I might be wrong, and the Brewers, I believe they advanced a runner in the tenth, and then the eleventh advanced a runner via homer which was so i want to mention just some of the weirdness of this game before we get to the to the extra innings um because it just shows you the the game of razor thin margins that baseball is so in the third inning austin riley three-run homer the pitch before or a few pitches before he hits a trickler down the third base line and just rolling 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 foul that would have scored one run it's like looks like it might stay fair it goes foul uh, Caratini, I believe, swipes the ball and uh, is like, oh, foul ball. The Brewers have dodged a bullet. And then three-run homer uh, and then solo shot from Azuna to make it. That's how it became 4 nothing. Just so strange. And then we get a, a rally in the fourth. Tyrone Taylor sc- singles to score a run. Rowdy, ever-reliable singles to score a run. In the sixth, they keep chipping away. Mike Brasso with a, a nice double off of Max Fried curve ball to right field to score Taylor. And then the ninth, as you said, Ty, comes down to the final strike. Colton Wong, not necessarily having his best game, triples down the line, makes it 4-4. Just On, on Colton, because that, that's two outs, and the count started 0-2. So, <laughs> like, to, to get a full count and then to deliver off of that was incredible because you're just like, oh, well, this is kind of – this is over uh, a two outs and 0-2 in the count especially because he just did not look comfortable in the box. I think the ball, he's the strike two he swung at, it just looked like it was going to be an uncompetitive at bat. It looked like Jansen had settled down and was going to get him out of trouble. And then, like you said, just incredible streak of fouling balls off, taking pitches, and then just rips it down the line. And it, seeing him make the turn at second was a very cathartic moment for me, sitting with my Braves fan friend uh, in a sushi restaurant. Uh, what a moment. Uh Colton Long there, and then wait, hadn't you just gotten pl- raw fish two days ago? He's ninety percent sushi. Uh, How much sushi yeah, are you putting down? I'm well. I got some poke this time, like a poke oh, salad. Okay. I'm, on, a I'm, on, I'm on a di- I'm on a diet, so oh, I'm trying so to av- food, av- yeah. avoid like uh, red meat in general and carbs and that, yeah. and that sort of thing. It's gotcha. unfortunate. It makes my life worse, but I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, that would carry us into Manford ball. And before we talk about the specifics, I want to get your, your opinion on this because I rationally understand that the game has to change and evolve and new rules have to be put into place, whether I like them or not. Like the DH is obviously shown why it's going to be good for the game long-term. You got a situation in Philadelphia where a guy like Bryce Harper's got a hurt elbow, can't throw for six weeks, but he can still hit. And it's good for baseball fans when good players can stay in the lineup. So, you know, I get that. Uh, This rule is not working in the intended fashion, which was to make games end quicker. But 
it's entertaining, even if I think it's kind of inauthentic fake baseball. It's just I have so many conflicting emotions about this. Uh, I like it right now because the Brewers won, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this rule? So I was going to ask, when did this get introduced? In its like, like two, three years ago at most. I believe it was uh, 2020 COVID season. Yeah. It's really it's penalty shootout is the is the entire like by design except it still does have the potential to go longer. I get it because otherwise, I mean, if you're not doing that, I you could easily see games going under nine innings, which are a lot more difficult here. And I, I think that makes sense, particularly when there is obviously a level of awareness about the length of baseball games. I don't know if I don't know now that now that I'm you know among the the initiated if i feel they need to be shorter but you certainly don't need them to be longer so i get why they they go this particular route with it it creates drama too i mean it's it's a kind of thing that in a like in an nfl like red zone sense you could just be like oh game's got extra innings i'll watch that because you're just guaranteed action and yeah you're creating opportunities for quick double plays too aside from run scoring possibility so i i get the i get the motivation behind it but it's also a cheap and nasty way to get out of a game in a hurry that you've invested a lot of time in that's not necessarily going to reflect how the game was played i just don't know what the compromise is that doesn't create kind of problems with you know potentially because even this game the way it is like both teams are out of pitchers like some of the decisions the Brewers are making, if if you weren't playing as many games a season as you do, this is not as much a concern. But when guys are playing night to night to night to night to night, and it's like, okay, well, there's not going to be enough arms left. Like I, I actually don't know who was there if that had gone another inning, because clearly, Hater was unavailable. Uh, Box and Suter had both gone near 30 pitches the night before, which I think is the only reason those guys don't come in sooner. I don't think there's anyone else. I don't think there's anyone left in the Brewers' bullpen. I think we could have, would have gotten uh, Ashby for two or three. We would have had to because he's the he'd be the last guy who's at least a couple of days removed from pitching. But that's that's a good reason to also have something that tries to force a conclusion but it almost didn't force that conclusion. So, Yeah, I will say there, there was some confusion for us in the moment because we did not realize that Josh Hader had, had left to tend to a, uh, a family situation. So when we saw uh, Hobie Milner and Trevor Kelly into the game and, and tie games and extra innings, we were very, very confused. Honestly, cool. Andrew, for me, the biggest confusion and the one that I still am a little puzzled by was Perdomo in the eight. I, d- I don't get that one. By the time you're in extra innings, it's like, yeah, okay, and Hader isn't available. This is who's left, so you can't be that picky. But Perdomo has not been good, and it felt like the game was being punted. I actually, let's see how their ERA compares. Yeah, I would have thought Hobie Milner is lower, and it is lower. I would have been bringing Hobie Milner in earlier. It kind of felt like council was hedging and trying to protect arms of being like, yeah, we, we might have lost this game anyway. It's like, you're, you're one run behind my guy. Like, and considering this is a team that you could see in the playoffs and a team that beat you in the playoffs last year, 
Like, this is a game that you should really want to win and you should want to get this series so that you're not going to go through the season and be like, okay, well, we lost both series to the Braves after they beat us in the playoffs too. So that was the one for me that, in particular, I was like, Perdomo in the eight? I almost sort of preferred Devin in his usual spot in the eight because when that happened and Perdomo came up, I wasn't necessarily expecting to get to the ninth even with a chance to win the game still. And they did, it all worked out. But yeah, some difficult decision-making, not a lot of options there. But the... Bold of, uh, bold of Craig to sub out Brasso before they could use him as a pitcher. <laughs> Jason's pitched this season too, right? Um, I He's don't... pitched in the past anyway, I know yeah. that. Jace, not this Jace year. Is, Jace is able to, to come in and throw an inning when they need it. So Brasso's keep, keep number up. one ERA on the team, man. I think you'll find yeah. that's Josh Hader. Zero. It's hard to beat zero, Adam. That's Josh Hader's ERA, too. Oh, yeah, they're tied. <laughs> many, many people are saying that Mike Brasso and Josh Hader are the two most elite uh, relief pitchers in baseball. Those many guys and Trevor Kelly. Those. That's the convo people are having right now. Uh, Ty, did you have any thoughts on Manfred Ball? Are you a fan? How, I mean, how do you feel about it? It's okay. I feel bad for the pitchers, though. I mean, I know it's not earned runs on their on their thing, but it's still it's not a great feeling, I'm sure, to come in and immediately give up that run, um, which uh, you don't have to do, but it did happen every 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 one of the extra innings in this game. Um, that runner scored. I, yeah. I kind of get it. I kind of do think it's cheap. Uh, I don't mind. I, like, especially it feels worse this game. I don't think it feels that bad because it was already four four anyway. But if it's like a 0-0 or 1-1 game, I do think then it's like you're just completely changing the flow of the game because, I mean, there's, you know, you love a good pitcher's duel, right? And then suddenly it's like, okay, now it's juice. Now now a, a line out to, to second base means a fly ball scores the first or third run of the game. That's kind of lame, I think. But I, I get why they're doing it, and I don't, I don't despise it like I do the pitcher rules or some other stuff that they've done in, in recent years. One one yeah. thing for me on it is it is it just who's on deck becomes the runner on base automatically? Whoever made the last out in the previous inning or was the last plate appearance. I, I think you should be allowed to pick. I mean, the Braves would have picked exactly who was the runner, um, but I, I do think it should have more of a reset on that because that's not exactly you're not giving a level playing field like it should be okay we're going to extra innings we're starting over so if a team ends up that their best hitter is all of a sudden taken out of the equation that's like an intentional walk and if well, that's, if why, are that's reversed, why they, what do you mean i mean do they have control over who they're selecting like for example luis arias good hitter not the fastest that's who ends up on base for the brewers to begin with it's just last at last made out is what andrew said which I think makes sense. That's fine. So you're you're saying, Adam, in your scenario, you get to pick the, your spot in the order, or you get to pick your base runner? Yeah, both for sure. I, I, okay. I well, I, I, I think you pick your base runner would make sense. Okay. I mean, it should really go to top of the order, like both teams. Like it's it's extra innings. It should finish, that, and it should be top of the order. Yeah, that would uh, honestly, I think that raises the excitement level and also gives you the same control that you would have in a penalty penalty shootout feel. And yeah, it's, it's I, level, what, leveling the playing field though, too, because it's where you're going to end up. If like, I kind of actually remember 
Well, it can't, okay, because it was Arias. But let's say, let's say the Braves, you go into that, and it's just the way it's falling. You've got Braves top of the order up, and you've got like, I don't know, uh, Jay has Jason to pinch it at that point, but Jace, Kesson, and Caratini for the Brewers. Like, what's what's the point? Like, the cards are stacked really unfairly to one side. It's it's not a it shouldn't be treated as just the literal, oh, you know, it is another inning. It's not because you're playing by different rules in the previous innings. So there should be a reset. I I because of just my feelings on it in general being like flip a coin fake baseball once we get to this point. I like this because who cares at this point? Make it as fun and as interesting as possible if if this is what it's gonna be. And the same the same argument or I, I hate penalty shootouts in soccer although i shouldn't because they go pretty favorably for me uh uh lately uh it's like okay 120 minutes you can't decide the game tough shit like yes what are you gonna do we gotta play another 120 minutes yeah yeah we we have we have to figure it out we have to go home so if that's what they're doing for for baseball here then rock on let's uh let's get the fans another look at sheho otani or mike trout if it's a situation with the angels or something like that like let's this is an entertainment product and baseball doesn't seem to realize that sometime. I, Adam, I'm going to put your proposal on the desk of major League baseball. And like you should be able to redraw your batting order for it. Like entirely. And just be like, yeah, this who do we crazy. want now? This is too much. I, I like I like that the order keeps going. It no, is the same game. It's not, it's you're changing it the rules. <laughs> you're just adding a runner, but it, it is literally, this is, I, I'm sure this comes from my feeling of extra time and penalties in football. But you're stopping the game. You're like you don't add a rudder at any other point. So you're you're stacking the deck in a certain direction, and then you're you're just kind of shrugging and being like, "Yeah, everything else is as it is." It's like, "What? No, nothing is as it is." You've changed you've changed the terms of engagement here. So I I don't know why it's not more. Like I'm fine. I'm fine watching as it is. It just doesn't make any sense to me as to how that's the conclusion. If you're going to change one thing, teams should be given the opportunity to. They've played nine innings. They've played the length of a game and they're level. So why are they not allowed to start level in terms of the options at their disposal going into a 10th inning? It's, you can't just be, oh, well, you know, it's a tough look. You've got these guys coming up. They've got their, their top of the order. Like that's, that's, and I know Andrew's reaction when Acuna was on for the Braves was like, oh, great. Well, this is, this is going to go well. Which it worked out, but I, I do think it is you're you're changing fundamentally what the game has been, and both teams should be put in the exact same spot for you've played nine innings to a tie. So you're gonna go again. We're gonna let you both have the same level of control. No one's gonna come into this with an advantage that's entirely created by chance because there shouldn't be an advantage. The game is tied. That's the whole point. There was an advantage for the Brewers and who they had coming up. I don't know. I just think I don't. I don't need to make baseball. I think baseball is just baseball. The bottom of the order magic is special. I don't well, want to take. We that need to away. get rid of the runner. The, the extra. I'm runner fine base. with that. I'm I, okay I, with that too. That's what I'd say. It's either you you trick it up or you leave it as it is. I'd much rather leave it. I I pretty much every single thing they've changed. I've said. Ah, I think it was actually fine. I think you're just listening to like five twenty somethings on Twitter who say baseball is too boring and forming your conclusions based on them instead of actual baseball fans. Next episode with Ty uh, and Adam or a playback. Banning the shift. Yes? No? Maybe so? So bad. I, why? Like, hey, what if there was no strategy at all? What if it's just what if it's just cool guy hit ball with stick? <laughs> Lot. 
start every inning, bases loaded, and there's 40 outs, and it's just whoever scores more, and there's no strategy. This is two defensive players. That's fine. They just go run and get ball anyway. It's dumb. Steroided. Steroids are legal now. <laughs> We're blowing it out. You can use metal bats. The balls explode. People are dying out there. It's like the <laughs> 20s in the NFL. Or the know. natural. I, I like um, strategy. I, I don't mind the DH. The DH, I'm like, okay, DH fine. I get it. I get it. It's kind of weird that for however many years there's been – that you talk about different games. The two leagues played a different game for mm-hmm. decades. It's very strange. But, like, the shift, making pitchers face a certain amount, it's like what, what are managers for at a certain point? Get the lineups wrong and the pitch hitter wrong once a game? That's pretty much it. That's why I ask that question regularly. What are, what are managers for? Yeah, I just, I just think there should be a team captain and Yelly should be making all these decisions, but that's just me. Manfred Ball did provide some excitement for us uh, yesterday, though, gentlemen. Uh, like you said, Braves get one in the 10th, uh, top of the 10th with an Austin Rally ground out. Uh, should have been a, or potentially could have been a double play. Colton Wong's uh, throw was a little high, and Keston Hero was not able to handle it, so Ron Acuna scored. Brewers tough, answered. Tough error for Colton there. Or no, it wasn't an error, was it? He got an error somewhere else. Never mind. No, they they ended up uh, counting that as a throwing error, I think. Because you can't assume the double play in scoring. They won't give you an error for a bad throw on what would have been a double play. But because it couldn't just score it, I think they ruled it an error. Oh, you're right. Okay. I, I think there's it, that's a bad throw, but it's also like – If you've got a natural first baseman, it's fine. I think Rowdy catches it, yeah. I mean, he's supposed to make a play because it was a high throw, but I think Rowdy, Rowdy would catch all. In the 10th, the Brewers would answer Hunter Renfro, sack fly. In the 11th, we were right at it again. I think one or two pitches to Travis D'Arnaud would score a run to make it 6-5. to five. Uh, Braves going into the bottom of 11th, and then the scene was set. A man just called up from Nashville, uh, inserted into the, the starting lineup at first base, has that tough play in the top of the 10th that led to the Braves scoring a run. Uh, recovering from the flu, I believe we would learn. Uh, I believe he still a has bit it. later. Yeah, he he looks uh, flu which, game, which maybe did tired. not. Yeah, and uh, Tyrone Taylor pouring a bucket of ice over him at the end of oh, the game oh, no. was was maybe not <laughs> ideal in the interview. Shocking it out and of his system. You could see at a point that like he was just getting on with it, and he's talking to Sophia, and then eventually he kind of it's like his brain just completely short circuits. And probably like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have lots of ice all over me right now. I've got the flu, and I've just played an entire game. Yeah, I saw on Twitter people were like, why does he look sub- so subdued after hitting a walk off homer? It's like you would look subdued as well if you had the flu of five <laughs> at bats. He was uh, thinking, oh god, I've got to run around all these bases right now. I don't know if I've got the energy. Yeah, but just like a an incredible moment, absolutely crushes the ball off the batter's eye in center field. Had had a tough game to that point, and that's just the the romance of baseball as a guy stepping up when when he's needed the most, winning the game for the Brewers seven to six. So very happy for Keston here. It was nice to see. Uh, I I don't know. It was just the most satisfying win of the season for me, just because of where that game seemed to be in the fourth inning when Corbin Burns uh, gave up those back-to-back homers. From from 4 nothing down to Colton Wong's dramatic triple in the ninth inning to an extra inning win. Just the all of the dr- dramatic 
aspects of baseball coming to the forefront and just, you know, making our day. <laughs> it was one of those homers where it hits the batter's eye so fast and then is down on the outfield where if you blink at the wrong moment, it's like, oh, how did that how did that drop? I hope they're getting around the bases pretty quick. It's one of those where it's just like crack, thwomp, and then it's just like poop, it's just down there in the outfield. And you're like, oh, well, I don't know why the center fielder's not even going for that. Oh, yeah, it's because it smacked the batter's eye and went 430 or whatever it went uh, and, and ended the game. Another cool one, talk about counts that Colton was down. Uh, Keston doesn't start 0-2, but he's 1-1 one and one and then two foul balls. So, again, one of those where – He's a strike away from not ending the game. It would have only been one out, but still the way the Brewers have scored in the last week or two, no guarantee that they get one, much less two home. If, if he does strike out there, really cool moment. It was not a strong game for him previously, um, but obviously more than made up for it. Also even more hilarious that he wasn't DHing if council news dealing with the flu and they're just like, yeah, first base, he won't be too busy over there. So he'll be fine. Um, but Again, Keston did enough, so shout out to Kest Daddy. We may need at some point, I don't know. We actually, there's an off day tomorrow, so our timing probably, God knows when the next one's going to be. I do think there is a larger conversation to be had with some of Council's decision-making this season, which is not going to make us popular, Andrew, because it seems not to be... Yeah, I've been told I'm not allowed to talk about that. It seems not to be the thing to do, to be critical of Craig Council. Um, I, I think there's a lot of questionable decisions that ultimately have worked out for him and I tip my hat to that but my one thing is I I was trying to think then last night even after this game and after some of the things that I was kind of scratching my head I was like what are the big decisions he's pulled though that like have really worked out in a big way it's you know even with this with something like Kesson's only there because of because of the situation with other players it's not like they saw keston in dingers which he really was down in nashville and like oh we immediately need him back up and to get him in here and it pays off in this way kind of circumstances come together so a part of it is i'm not actually seeing the great decisions to pay off i think there's some pretty questionable things that he's got away with um but the batting order is it's a mystery and it's just a puzzle box and every day you're like what is going on here? How does this work? Um, it's, it's a conversation we'll have at another time. I mean, look, 24 and 14, the Brewers are in good shape, but we have talked about it. Where you're going to finish in the National League is going to matter. And you've got a couple of really good teams up top. You've got one absolute juggernaut team that you just can't afford kind of things to get away from you at times where, these small decisions where just doing the simple thing could make a big difference by the end of the season. It could determine what your, your playoff journey looks like. And as we saw last year, I mean, the Brewers wanted to be more than more than less than a handful of games, you know, that's, that's what you're trying to avoid. And maybe the best way to do that is to just tighten things up quite a bit in the regular season. Um, it's just, this is a weird conversation for me because this is like the opposite of all the books conversations that Ty and I have probably been having for the last couple of years. But it feels like the Brewers should just like really focus on beating up on all of the terrible teams that their schedule allows them to play and put themselves in the best position to succeed in the playoffs. Because if you loosen up, then you find yourself against better teams. Like quite frankly, that's it. You, we know that the Dodgers are playing an entirely different game from a payroll perspective and the disadvantage that puts you at. So you want to give yourself every chance coming into the playoffs if you're going to go and get past that. Uh, as for the game itself, I 
uh, Jesse Chavez, uh, every time I see him, I think home run. And when I saw him come into the game, I was like, okay, they're going to win it now. And I, I have no idea how he has a 4.4 ERA. It feels like it should be much worse than that to me. But that's every time I've seen him, I feel like good things are about to happen. So I'm maybe rightly, maybe wrongly, I'm also factoring that into this walk-off homer, which is an incredible moment. But overall, I Kesson should be back up. Look, we know he can do this. We've seen what he's doing in Nashville. But he needs to become much more disciplined at the plate. He needs to just play a lot smarter. We know he's got the power, but some of his plate appearances are not very good, and we're just getting tree swings, and he's out of there. He's not getting near the ball. Like That's something that, with some maturity, and you'd also think with the experience of having struggled and dropping down, then kind of bouncing between Nashville and the Brewers, you'd start to kind of key in on. Because we know from spring training that He's hitting it well this year. Like he is, he has found that again. But what he needs to do is just be smarter at the plate. Well, I think he also the other is he needs a position, and his position is might just have to be DH though. Like it just sucks if you just have a young player. I I think they should try and find him a real one. The issue is this kind of happened with Braun way back in the day, and they didn't have a very good outfield, so they just stuck him in the outfield. And you can't really do that now. I don't know if he could play there anyway. I don't think he's played there at all this year. I don't know if he has the arm. But that it would be a case where it's like, can we hide him in right? But obviously, Renfro in right, Yelich in left, and Kane in center. None of those are an option. But it would almost be nice if they did have an outfield spot to just try him out there. Because, I mean, it is simpler, uh, I think. And at least it worked with Braun way back when. I don't know if it would work with Keston, but there really isn't. I mean, the, the spots they have are all infield spots that are really hard to play. Like third base, not an easy spot. First base, you're involved in every single play. And obviously the middle infielders are, are you know, fielding so many grounders. Funny enough, Keston does have a perfect fielding percentage this year. Maybe more guys like Wong throwing to him do not partially because of him out there. But uh, I think that that uh, the plate stuff. Yes, I agree. I am. I don't like the fact that you know one of their strongest young players or you know most potential young position players at least is kind of positionless, not in a good way, not in a fun no, basketball not, way, but in a unfun. Not, not like, that he has four positions. He has, yeah, yeah, yeah. He no, really that would done. be great. That would be great. I love guys like that. The guys who are like, yeah, you can put them in. You know, either corner outfield or anywhere in the infield. Those are like my favorite players in baseball. That's what they're working on with most of their prospects down in the minor leagues at the moment. Like guys that we have talked about, guys we will talk about soon, like Bryce Durang, Joey Weimer. They all all need to help out Keston. That's why. Well, it's it's, it's also, it's by need. They know, the Brewers know organizationally, they they need more depth at first base, third base. I mean, shortstop works because you can then move Arias around, but, and they also need center field depth, you know, because the, the concerns with Locaine are obvious and even just projecting with any kind of future. And I, I do think that's part of it with Keston too, why he's not just being used as a DH. It's because you can just be like, oh yeah, okay, uh, Andrew McCutcheon's healthy. He's going to be the DH for like, I don't know, two out of three games he's going to start. Uh, if not even more, it feels like it probably was more than that to start the season because there are, it's still enough, you know, is center field not a problem position? Yes, but there's still enough options out in the field where you can do that. Where if Kesson is, if Kesson is not 
like first baseman, it's tough for Rowdy to ever get a day off. And that's not ideal. You could have Jace play there. Jace has done well there, but you also need him to cover third base. And that is just where one injury, literally one injury, and that becomes a situation where you can't stay on top of it, which is what we've got right now. So they are maybe trying to force that a bit much, though. If a rowdy off day, and again, I don't know if he can play the outfield. I, I haven't obviously you know, seen practice or whatever with Keston. Hunter Renfro has done some first base, so you could do a rowdy day off, put Renfro if you know, we don't like that. I do not like that. Renfro I has – you honestly, defensively, the only place you want Renfro is out in right field because of his cannon arm. That is his yeah, biggest fair. strength defensively. If you take that away, it's actually something like – it was a Zuna, right? And was that game one or was it the previous series? Or maybe I'm mixing up series entirely. He just like was afraid to run on it. Like, And you are seeing that. The word is very clearly out on Hunter Renfro for many years. But I think yeah. even – this season it's getting there you just you just can't run on him so that's yeah. a massive weapon that they don't have in another outfielder that i'd be reluctant to move out of the outfield yeah and that was avisel garcia in the marlin series where um sorry you're right yeah, yeah. um and he's had some adventures by the wall but i think overall he's a pretty good defensive outfielder he made some nice plays running in in the series he made one uh nice play banging into the wall in in game three of the series and I think overall, one of the strengths of this, of this team is they've got pretty good outfield defense, no matter who's out there between Yelich, Taylor, Kane, and Renfro. So I just don't want to upset that. It's a situation for Hero where, it, as they're, we're trying to figure out the Taylor-Kane situation, Taylor's looked really good lately. I think he needs to get a run in center field and just start there for a couple of weeks and just let him earn the job. But going back to, say, the beginning of the season – this would all be solved if Andrew McCutcheon was still the center fielder he was, even not at his prime. If he could play passable center field, then you DH Keston to get him the at-bats. But like you said, Ty, it's just tough to to find a position for him. It's, it's, it's second or first, and neither of those have really even worked out to this point. Uh, so, you know, Kutch is still going to need off days here and there. Uh, other guys are going to need off days. Maybe, I mean – Wong plays a lot, but if you get him a, a start at second every couple of weeks and a start or here here or there at DH, I think you find a way to keep him in the lineup and get him at bat so that when Kutch is ready, I you don't have to send him down. Um, I think you send Brasso down, uh, even though he's his OPS is pretty decent. But I think just from a versatility perspective, I think you'd want other guys on the roster rather than him. So. Um, Keston, I think, can be the guy that uh, you get at bats at DH in second base, uh, but I don't want to see him at first again, honestly. And I just don't know if the outfield thing could work out. He also just needs to hit more consistently. I was like, going to say, I mean, all this chat about we got to find his bat somewhere, his, his OPS is right between Colton and Jays. It's not like he's been at the major league level smacking the cover off the ball. I mean, if he was, yeah. if he was, I mean, was Narvaez? Oh, Urias is first in average. who hasn't played a lot. But out of the guys who qualify, I think Narvaez is first, hitting like 254 right now, which I know it's a flawed metric. But, um, you know, if if, Col- if Keston was out here hitting like 300, it'd be like, yeah, okay, let's find a spot. You know, we'll move some stuff around. Right now, it's like, okay, it's it's kind of like 
Bobby Portis in the series. It's like, uh, defense is not that much of a problem, but the offense also isn't there, which yeah, is not we're, ideal. Yeah, we're talking about an offensive-minded player whose offense is not deserving of play at the minute. And that's tough. Like, Brasso has – they're actually nearly identical at-bats this season, and same number of five walks each, and Brasso's got three more hits. Like, that's a problem for Kessler. That shouldn't be the case. So that's where – just he needs to stop striking out so easily like that that's where i'm i really want to see maturity and kind of a bit more wisdom in terms of uh, this is my my early okay so what are we i mean we're we're not we're not even we're approaching a point where we're not so super early we're 38 games into the season we're starting to get places my my thing is guys should just take balls all the time just just stand there and take pitches most of these pitchers cannot be trusted, even the best ones. So stop swinging at stuff. Like you, you don't have to swing until a certain point. Hunter Renfro has actually got a lot better at this as the season has gone on, and we're seeing some good results. But I like Kesson here is a guy where I almost be like, you know, if 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 you get a ball, if you get started off with a ball, just don't swing. Just don't swing until you're getting kind of a really favorable count. And you know what? Even then. Don't be afraid of some walks. I, I think it's it is an interesting thing where I'm kind of befuddled by just how ready guys are to swing because a lot of these pitchers would just give away easy walks if guys have better discipline. I know it's easier said watching on TV when you're in, in the batter's box and the ball's coming at you at 100 miles per hour, but I think that's something for Keston. I think he should actually be encouraged to just, hey, take some pitches. We don't mind if some of them are strikes, but I think the more you get accustomed to and willing to take pitches, the better your eye will get, the better you will get a swing at the pitches you should be swinging at rather than just swinging every time. I've always been a patience is a virtue guy, Adam. Uh, we'll quickly transition to the master brewer leaderboard uh, before we head out of here uh, up for consideration or actually locked into consideration for this series. We've got Freddie Peralta, seven innings pitch, two hits, no runs, a walk, 10 strikeouts. Devin Williams, two uh, hitless, scoreless innings with six strikeouts. Hunter Renfro, five for nine at the plate, a couple walks, two doubles, one RBI, two runs scored, uh, some nice plays in right field. He is uh, really coming around, especially in terms of the power hitting. He's uh, up to 250, 289, 508 slug for a 796 OPS, which right now is third on the team. So uh, Hunter's bringing the power we thought he would when they uh, made the trade for him. And then because of the big moment winning the game, Kesson Hero, one for five, the homer, two RBI, and run scored. You hit a walk-off homer, you get a brew point. You that's get a just beer. How it goes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so that's the, the master brew points uh, for the series. So leaderboard through 38 games. we got Rowdy with six beers so far. Pretty crowded at four. We've got Yelly, Josh Hader, Willie Adamas, Corbin Burns. Now we have Freddie Peralta and Colton Wong moving up to Treach. Uh, Woodruff, Lauer, Jace, Devin Williams, and Hunter Renfro on two apiece, and Andrew McCutcheon, Adrian Hauser, Luis Arias, and Trevor Gall with a single master brew point. I think Urias is coming for more. I liked what I've I've liked what I've seen from him since he got back this season. I haven't gotten to catch too many games, but the numbers speak to that as well. He was uh, I very think much it, on the cusp for this series. Yeah, yeah. he's been he's been close quite a bit. He's had a couple of moments which aren't great defensively, and I think he's better than that. And I think he's also a guy that just him and Willie as a tandem is important. So I I think we'll see even better from him uh, in the field once Willie Adams is back. Before we head 
to a quick weekend look ahead standings check uh brewers are 24 and 14 a game and a half back of the dodgers for the best record in the national league a half game back of the mets for the second best record as we always say we're coming for that top two seed three and a half game lead over the st louis cardinals and the central heading to the weekend the milwaukee brewers will host the washington nationals 7 10 central start on friday eric lauer versus eric betty a couple of Eric's going at it. Uh, Saturday, 6-10 Central start, Brandon Woodruff versus Patrick Corbin. And then on getaway day, Sunday, 1-10 Central time start, Freddie Peralta will take on Aaron Sanchez. The Nationals are not very good. <laughs> the Twitter buzz for They've them. They've lost as many weekend. as the Reds. Second oh. worst team in, in the NL by record. The, the Twitter buzz this week has been around should they trade Juan Trades, Soto yeah. and oh if you're trading Juan Soto you're not in a good spot as a franchise so three with the Nats need to take advantage of this needs uh, to be a sweep yeah the final three home games of May before a pretty daunting road trip uh, yeah 11 three, games three at San Diego four in St. Louis four in Chicago so and the Padres uh, right now are half a game back right in in the National League of the Brewers so you'd want to kind of hold your own at least there um i don't know if the cardinals are as good as the record suggests right now but they are a national league team and we know that can they're work also, in your favor so they'll, like they'll, gotta, they'll try to sweep out of pure spite as well there's you've got to you've got to take advantage of this series first before an 11 game road trip because that's not fun right give yourself uh some good vibes and some, some additional breathing room in the uh division uh, but before heading into a, a game against, you know, a, a rival for one of those top two seeds in the in the NL with the Padres and the two division opponents. So uh, good times, uh, tough times ahead. And we look forward to talking about it all. Uh, this was uh, a fun time. Glad to talk to you, Ty. Hopefully we can do this more often across the summer. Get big time ties. Baseball takes. We love it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great being on. I was excited to do it, and and I think it lived up to my expectations. So I'm definitely going to be be back when I can catch some more games. You know, uh, which should be relatively often. Uh, and we got the timeout with time mug on display there, but from Andrew, um, I got a Christmas Pikachu one. It's too good to not be in the rotation, even when it's May. Uh, which should also be true of Rowdy Teles. Get it together, Craig. There you go, Ty. That's been one of our causes. That's one thing I think we don't have issues with Craig anymore. He has eventually listened, um, although spotting the batting order might be the next uh, the next fight, and we're ready. For well, this. I don't know. I was who did he who did Rowdy get pinch hit for? I was listening to the last pod, and you guys weren't thrilled about. I run Taylor. It worked. Yeah, was, it worked. But it, it was it not was, great. It was one of those Craig uh, Council decisions where it's like, yeah, but, oh, but and that's, it works. That's progress from early in the season when he was just rowdy was we dropped out of the lineup entirely. And you're like, Fair. yeah, I, I, I have far less problems when Craig Council makes decisions that are defensible with numbers. With Rowdy, it that was not defensible. Uh, the Urias, Yelich, Adamas, Rowdy top four lineup that I want when, when Willie gets back. If we see that most games, like, it'll just be like a warm hug, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Rowdy, at, having your RBI leader sixth in the order, which seems to be where he is now falling to, I do not understand it. Like, that's something he settled into over the past week or so, where Council's like, yeah, Rowdy's sixth. They're like, what? Why? What are you doing? It makes no sense. 
Anyway. Unless they're gonna bump him down one more when Kutch gets back. I we're on the outro and I started yeah, a, whole, a whole argument. We're a, I usually do this to you on the pod, so it's fine. Or to <laughs> Rohan more specifically. Uh, but yeah, that does it for us for this episode. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. That's crew and brew, as in brew crew. So that's how you'll find it. We're pretty much everywhere. You should also subscribe to Eurostep Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you'll hear the Eurostep with Ty and Rohan. That's where you hear Win in Six with Jordan and I. And that's where you'll hear all sorts of crossover content between us as well. Uh, we'll still have plenty of that, even though we'll probably also settle back into having separate pods some more too. It's been a while. But with the books playoff journey over, um, we'll be mixing and matching, I'm sure, in all sorts of ways a bit more too. So for all your books content, Season might be over. The content is not, though. So Eurostep Podcast Network, make sure you subscribe. gspn.substack.com, that's the place to go. You'll get all of the Cruising for Bruising pods directly to your inbox. You'll get them also with the write-ups on Master Brew leaderboards, some more detail on the decisions, on the play that led to the points. So if you want to get that, go subscribe to the Substack. And gspnstore.com, if you want to support all of us in all of our endeavors rep the pod whether it's cruising for a bruising whether it's eurostep winning six or the entire network go to gspnstore.com we've got tons of merch there's t-shirts hoodies sweatshirts mugs you know if you want to add new mugs to your rotations just putting that out there christmas pikachu in may uh, it could be cruising for a bruising time of the year for a mug for a lot of people so gspnstore.com that's where you'll get it we're on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. I'm at Adam McGee 11. Andrew's at AC Snide. Ty is at Ty Windish. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Ty. Thanks, fellas. Thank you.